Hello guys, it's Katie and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. In this week's episode, we are talking about the missing persons case of Stephen Kubotsky, which I apologize if I'm saying his last name incorrectly. I hope I'm not, but he did go missing for 15 months without a trace and then woke up in the middle of nowhere having no clue what happened to him after 15 months of being a missing person. So this is a super fascinating case and we're just going to get straight into it. In 1978, Stephen Kubecki was a student who was studying German at the time. And in February of that year, he decided that he wanted to go skiing in an area that is known as the Lake Michigan Triangle. So that is just what he did. So the Lake Michigan Triangle is also just referred to as Michigan Triangle. And it is almost like the Bermuda Triangle. It is much smaller in size, and there's also not as many people that have gone missing in this area, but it is enough people that they have kind of dubbed this as an area where people go missing quite often. So just like a regular triangle, this kind of invisible hypothetical triangle has three different points, and those points are considered to be at Manitowoc, Wisconsin to Luggington, Michigan, and then the third being in Benton Harbor, which I apologize if I said any of those city or town names wrong. I obviously do not live in those areas, so I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce those, so forgive me on that, but just know that it is like a right triangle shape that is fairly large over this lake, but it is not as big as like the Bermuda Triangle that we're used to hearing about. Now, there are other disappearances that have happened in this area that is considered the Lake Michigan Triangle. The first one that is known is in the beginning of 1891. Now, I'm not going to get into all the other disappearances that have happened in this area, just because focusing on Stephen in this episode, but do just know that he is not the first person to have disappeared without really almost any trace from this area. Alright, so he goes missing, and his family is concerned when he doesn't come back home, but they don't really report him missing until he doesn't actually show up for class because his class was the next day, so they figured maybe he just decided to stay an extra day. It was 1978, not really phones for you to easily contact people, especially when you're out there skiing, so they just assumed he'd be back. When he wasn't back and did not show up to any of his classes, that's when they reported him missing. Now, of course, this prompts a bunch of search and rescue teams to go out there and start looking for Stephen. So they do find his skis in the area, as well as his bag, and all kinds of stuff to indicate that he had been there. His poles, footprints, all kinds of stuff, and 
these footprints did lead up to the ice. So they kind of assumed that he had fallen into the ice and got caught under it and drowned. So at this point, they're like, tragic accident, but they can't really search while the ice is still frozen. So they kind of just leave it up to that and hope that they can search when it's a lot less cold. Now, I have not been able to find any information on if they did do any searches the upcoming summer when the weather was better and the ice was melted. I have no idea on that. I would think they would have, but who really knows? For the next 15 months, there is pretty much no progress in Stephen's missing person case until May 5th of 1979. So a year and three months or 15 months later, Stephen basically just wakes up and finds himself laying in the grass in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which is 700 miles away from where he disappeared. He reportedly was wearing strange clothes and had a backpack filled with maps that all basically implied that he had been traveling and hitchhiking all across the country, but he had no recollection of any of this. The last thing he could remember were those last steps he took and the footprints the searchers found that were there on the shore of Lake Michigan after he disappeared. Now, this is absolutely crazy, but just to give you a little bit more details on what I have been able to find online, he also reportedly told news outlets that he was wearing a Wisconsin Marathon t-shirt when he woke up, and he said he felt like he had done a lot of running but had absolutely no memories, no recollection at all from those past 15 months. Now keep in mind, up until this point, Stephen is a pretty average guy. He's attending school and he seems to have friends, be close with his family, all of that kind of stuff. He just seems like an average guy for his age. And this just baffled everyone and reportedly when he actually did figure out where he was, he just asked a random stranger, where am I? And they're confused, tell him Pittsfield, Massachusetts. And he's like, of course, freaking out because the last place he remembers is being by Lake Michigan. But at this point, he thinks it has just been a short amount of time. He doesn't realize that it has been over a year until he's walking and sees a newspaper. And the date is for May of 1979. And then, of course, that's when he's like, there's no way this is possible. But he makes his way to a relative's house that does happen to live in Massachusetts and that's how he ends up being found. He basically went to a relative's house that he remembered lived in the area, 
and that is absolutely crazy to me. Could you imagine? I believe they said it was his aunt. Could you imagine your nephew going missing for literally a year and three months and then he just shows up at your doorstep? That would be absolutely insane. They are almost to the point where they're thinking, you know, he's definitely dead. If he's been out there for that long, there's nothing, at least in my mind, if I was in the situation, that would make me think he could be alive for that long in the winter and all of that. So, absolutely insane. There's plenty of theories on what happened and Honestly, this case is still a mystery. When Stephen was first found, and basically found himself, he was doing all kinds of interviews, and that's how we have the information that we do have. But after that, he kept a really low profile. He did not talk to any interviewers for up until now. I assume he's still alive. I really don't know. And we have no details on whether he remembered anything as he has lived out his life, anything like that. He was married to a woman at one point and they did end up getting a divorce. After they divorced, of course, news reporters tried to ask her all types of questions She refused to answer any questions. He has refused to answer any questions. Everyone around him that knows him personally that has been asked by media outlets have refused to answer any questions since the last time he spoke to interviewers. So super interesting on that. And it does make the average person wonder what is so bad that maybe he remembered that he's not wanting to share with the world. Or maybe he just hasn't remembered anything and he doesn't want to disappoint people. I don't know. Could be anything like that. But of course, not getting any answers has made all kinds of people speculate all kinds of different things. There's all kinds of theories from UFOs to aliens to ghosts to planes, all kinds of different rabbit holes you could go down with this case as well as people also have theories that it was just a medical thing maybe he had amnesia and blacked out and was just wandering aimlessly but how does he survive for 15 months doing that i don't know maybe he was abducted by an actual person i don't know really nothing has been discussed on this case other than what i'm telling you there's no real solid information to be found about anything that has happened since. So it would be super interesting to keep an ear out in the future and hear if he ever, if he is still alive, if he ever does any sort of interviews, writes a book, something like that. That's kind of a theory of mine is I feel like maybe he's waiting to write a book and gonna like capitalize on that and make a bunch of money off of it. I don't know. But anyways, you guys, that is it for this true crime case this week. Definitely one that is super confusing and really has no ending, which I sort of hate to end them like this. 
I definitely love to have an answer for you guys, but this is just one of them that was super interesting that I didn't want to pass up on sharing with you, even though there is no conclusive answer for what actually happened. But at least there was a happy ending that he did get found, or basically found himself, and he was able to end up being reunited with his family and all of that. A little bit we do know about Stephen, though, that I wanted to end off this episode with is that after 1983, he did get a master's in logistics and a PhD in clinical psychology and last thing pretty much anyone has heard is that he is a psychologist as of recent years but that is all for this I apologize that there's not much more that is known about this case but with that we're just gonna get straight on to the crochet pattern for this week all right for this week's episode I do have a crochet pattern of my own to shout out. Normally, I don't like to do this, and I am trying to use this podcast as a platform to shout out other crochet pattern creators, but recently, I have had a big problem with people not replying to my messages. I don't really understand why it is an offer for me to give them free advertisements for their business, but um, anyways... I did just want to mention that in the episode so I could tell you guys if you're listening to this and you create, sell, or have free crochet patterns on your website, Etsy shop, Ravelry, Ribbler, or any other site like that where you can have free or paid crochet patterns for other people to use. I would love to shout you out. If you want to just reach out to me on Instagram, that is at Crime and Crochet or at Katie Being Creative, my personal account. Either one you can reach out to me on and I will get back to you on featuring you for an episode. Like I said, recently I just haven't had anybody actually reply to my messages. I messaged like eight or nine people this week and three of them left me on delivered and the other ones did not see the message yet and I've been messaging like two to three every day this week so far and it's currently Thursday. So anyways, that's off topic but this week I did want to shout out my Valentine's Day crochet pattern that I made last year because as you are seeing this episode it is getting pretty close to valentine's day so this crochet pattern is the be mine valentine's day pillowcase pattern there's also going to be a coupon code just for this pattern and that is only going to last until valentine's day so if you guys do want to get a percentage off make sure you head over again to my instagram at crime and crochet to get that coupon code. So it is designed to fit a pillow that is 12 by 16 inches and this pattern is really not too difficult. It's all double crochets to make the parts that say the words be mine on the front and then the back panel is just a 
plain color of whatever you choose so it's really not too difficult and I do think it does make a cute decor piece for Valentine's Day and once you make it once you can put it out every year for Valentine's Day so I figured I would shout out that pattern for you guys this week since it is almost Valentine's Day but if you would like to check out that pattern as well as the sources from this episode, pictures from this episode, all of that kind of stuff, you can head over to my Instagram at Crime and Crochet and check out the most recent Instagram post that will be posted on the same day as this episode. So on Saturday each week, there's a new post on there as well as a new podcast. So again, before I wrap up this episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that you can check out today's crochet pattern as well as my sources, pictures of the people involved in this case, and much, much more over on my Instagram at crime and crochet as all one word, as well as if you want to help me out, the best way you can help me is leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on if you are enjoying the podcast. With that, thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope you will join me here next Saturday for the next episode of Crime and Crochet and make sure y'all are staying safe out there so you don't end up being one of these victims we talk about every week. Goodbye y'all!